listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to talk about a few things that... um, I think definitely need to be said. Um, some people have gotten angry, even with the stance that I've taken uh, regarding things that are happening. Blows my mind uh, because you can literally, like if you were on the other night when I did um, that the broadcast that was entitled, How Should Christians Respond um, to Injustice? And did an, I mean, I think I went two hours. It was like two hours, two nights ago and laid it out in the anointing. And there's still people that, uh, (laughs) it's funny because in times like this, when things like this happen, if you say too much, then people come at you, you know, you need to quiet down. If you don't say enough, you know, if you're too silent, they come at you from that angle. You, you you shouldn't be talking. You've said too much. You've said too much. Um, you know, you're either not saying enough or you're saying too much. It's like you can't please people. And so, not, not everyone's going to be happy with what you said. Well, you shouldn't have said it that way. You should have said it another way. It's like, bro, if I, if I did everything I did to please people, I would never be doing anything. And um, as I told you the other night, when I post things, I back them up. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take down those. I've thought out the things that I believe, you know, so I'm not like embarrassed. You're not going to find me like in some moment of, uh, you know, I posted something in a moment of, of emotional instability. And it's like, Oh, I wish I, now, now that I think about it, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I should have said it's like, no, I thought it through. People were angry, especially today. I got a bunch of uh, comments. People were angry that I posted the tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic poll about the best way to honor the memory of George Floyd. And um, and I put all the things that are happening, you know, the, the, the looters, the rioters, and I listed four things. And I did it on purpose because, in my opinion, it's a slap in the face to George Floyd and to his family because you can't tell me and you need to share it because I'm just going to, I'm going to rant a little bit. I'm going to teach a little bit, but I won't keep you all night. You can't tell me. And I love all people. I promise you that I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't, you can't tell me that the dude they caught on video coming out of a liquor store with his pants filled with seven bottles of Jack Daniels, and he's got wild turkey in his hands. You can't tell me that that dude is doing that because he loves George Floyd and the memory of, he wants to honor the memory of George Floyd. And he wants to push race relations in America forward. And so the what he did, he made up in his mind, I know what I'll do. I'm going to honor I'm going to honor the memory of George Floyd. I'm going to push race relations forward. I'm going to let this infrastructure be strengthened 
by stealing seven bottles of Jack Daniels and two bottles of wild turkey in my hands as I leave. You can't tell me that the people that were leaving Target and Walmart, and Walmart, by the way, later announcing they're going to shut all their stores down, barricade the doors. You can't tell me that the people who were running out with flat screen TVs and armfuls of stuff did it because, yeah, Louis Vuitton, people at Louis Vuitton with $40,000 in bags around their neck in the loving memory of George Floyd. You can't tell me. I mean, you're not going to convince me. I don't care who you are. That's why I refuse to take posts like that down. I'm not going to take a post down because people get angry about it. Because people are absolutely stupid if they think that those kind of actions honor the memory of George Floyd or anybody that's died in that way. And they also are so narrow-minded. They're so narrow-minded that they can't understand that you can condemn what's wrong while still standing with what's right. And, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about it on the broadcast tonight. I'm going to talk about what many Christians don't understand about injustice. You can condemn what's wrong while still standing for what's right. Am I for injustice? Because I, No, I'm not for injustice. I'm not for abuse. I'm not for murder. You'd have to be stupid to think that. But I am against the foolish, greedy, and wicked people. Foolish, greedy, wicked people that are doing things to destroy this nation. Many of them, by the way, who have been put up. I don't know if you've seen these things going around on Craigslist. Antifa hiring protesters. I don't know if you've seen the screenshots. People are being emailed this stuff. Antifa on Craigslist hiring and paying violent protesters. $25 an hour for the next however many nights to show up um, in certain cities to destroy. So it's like, it's not because people are enraged, you know, it's like a lot of it, it's it's something that's being used. and, And I understand, I understand what's going on. I understand what's going on. Are there people that are truly angry? Of course. Are there people that are trying to peacefully protest? Of course. But there's opportunists out there that are taking advantage of a situation to do something else. And people are stupid if they think that those that are doing those wicked things are doing it in the honor of the memory of George Floyd who was murdered in the streets. Because that doesn't honor his memory, doesn't honor his family, doesn't push race relations forward, doesn't honor the kingdom of God. And so, and I say that because there's Christians, that, I've had Christians say to me, well, you don't understand because that, that was just the match that struck the whole thing. And now people, are, they've been frustrated, but now that was the last straw and people are now acting out in their hurt. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Any Christian that thinks like that needs to screw their head on properly and think that Christians should be okay with it. I'm not talking about sinners. Sinners will do what sinners do. I'm not condemning sinners. They do what they do. I'm talking about Christians. What Christians fail to recognize about injustice. I'm going to talk about it tonight. 
Because if you're a Christian, you have a certain responsibility to uphold your obedience to the written word of God and to know what the written word of God says. It's exactly right, Mary Sue. All these, yeah, if, if we're just like putting together protests, random people showing up to protest, where are these pallets of bri- shrink-wrapped bricks being delivered on the streets of the neighborhoods at the morning of the nights the protests are going to be taking place? Do you know? Do you know they commandeered a vehicle that was as large as a city bus that was headed into a city where the protesters were and the and the vehicle was just filled with axes, hammers, knives, swords, blades, guns, bricks. And they just had a vehicle coming in for the protesters filled with weapons. And so... I'm not against protesting. You know, we have a right in America to protest if we think something's wrong. I'm not against that. Don't come on this broadcast and think that I am against our right to protest or that I'm against activism, that I'm against that. I'm not against it. We have a right to do it. But I want you to have a different mindset if you're a Christian, if you're in the kingdom of God. I want you to understand there's a different mindset for kingdom people. There's got to be. You can't keep putting culture over the kingdom if you're a Christian. It's not right. It is not right. Injustice is wrong, and we have to stand against injustice. We have to stand against these abuses. We cannot just sit back and say, well, that's just the way the world is. We can't do that. No question we can't do that. No question we stand up for the broken. No question we stand up for the hurting. No question. And we've got a right to protest and a right to lift our voice and should and should. But one thing I do want you to do is to understand that people should curb their expectations of protesting. I do want to say that because in the same way, let me help you with wisdom from the word. It's just pure wisdom from the word. In the same way that Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. Let me give you another uh, heads up as well. The wicked you'll always have with you. Jesus said the poor you'll always have with you. But let me go a step further than that. The wicked you will always have with you. And so, and, and so here's what I want you to understand when I say that. We will never, ever, ever, ever end racism. We'll never end it. There will always be wicked hearts who hate. Hate is driven from the heart of a wicked man or woman. I dealt with it the other night. That the Bible teaches that anybody who says they love God and hates his brother is a liar and they are a wicked person that has no part in the kingdom of God. No part. And you will always have wicked people. You'll not solve racism. You'll not solve injustice. You'll not solve inequality because there will always be wicked people. But does that mean we shouldn't stand against it? No, of course not. Of course we speak up. Of course we say things. Of course we protect those that can't protect themselves. That's what love does. That's what love does. 
And of course, in love, we should do that. No question about it. But that's why I say, especially for the Christians that that feel like I got to get out there, I got to be on the streets, fine, do that. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. But I want you to curb your expectations of what you're going to accomplish because they've been protesting about injustice and inequality for decades and nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. We, I was listening to to our sheriff in there tonight. Uh, our sheriff is African American. Listening to the sheriff speak, and he and he said he grew up in Philadelphia where he played sports, and you know where he was slammed on the ground by police when he wasn't doing anything, and you know now he's a, he's an officer himself today. Uh, he understood that there is inequality, there is injustice, but remember this: that same stuff is still happening today. Is it wrong? Yes, it's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. No question it shouldn't be happening. But remember this. It's And I love something that one of our, our members who is a police officer said. He said, you got to understand, the guys that fall into those traps, I'm talking about the police officers, he said they allow themselves to have no compassion for people. He, they get into a place where they stop caring about people, they stop caring about the plight of man, and they lose their compassion for humanity. And so they just treat people however they feel like treating them. And I understand that it's wrong. You know, I don't say, well, you know, he, th- there was a, re- I don't try to make excuses for the, for why those things happen. They're wrong. It, obviously it's wrong, but let me tell you something. When you look at things, when, when you can be called, now I want you to, I want you to stop for a minute and think about this. Think as a logical and intelligent believer. Think about this. Why is it? Why is it? That if you are a part of Black Lives Matter, everything is cool, everything's fine with that, and everybody wants you to say and post Black Lives Matter. If you say all lives matter, you are a racist. That's how they portray you online. If you say all lives matter in a Black Lives Matter environment, you are a racist. They will attack you from every single side. And then another thing people got mad at me about, because now we got people that are supposed to be Christians that are using scriptures to back up Black Lives Matter, literally. We've got Christians that are using scriptures to back up Black Lives Matter. And you know what scripture they used? The parable of the lost sheep from the book of Luke. Luke 15. You know why I believe in Black Lives Matter and why I don't say all lives matter? Of course, all lives are valuable, but not all lives are in danger. Look what Jesus said. And then quote Luke 15 as though somehow Luke 15 is proof that Black Lives Matter is a valid statement. Let By the way, just for anybody that's, you know, get offended if you want to tonight because I really don't care at this point. Luke chapter 15 it's the parable of the lost sheep taking all kinds of scriptures out of context and molding them and forming them to whatever they want them to mean. By the way, let me read you this. And of course, you know the parable. He said, verse four, Luke 15, four, 
What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Now look at this. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner, one sinner, one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So the context, by the way, of Luke 15 has nothing to do with injustice, has nothing to do with protecting people that are battling inequality, has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with going after the lost and rejoicing when they come in and not saying, well, we already have 99 here that are righteous. No, you still go after the one, but it's still about soul winning and salvation. And if you use it in that context as it's written, of course I agree with you. The reason people hate each other, the reason there's racism, the reason there's injustice and inequality is because the hearts of men are wrong. It's the hearts of men that are wrong. And if you want to use Luke 15 to say, we now need to go out into the streets and we need to bring these people into the kingdom of God. We need to preach the gospel. We need to bring them into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what changes a man's heart. Well, then, of course, I agree with you. But don't tell me it's your um, scripture to back up Black Lives Matter because that's stupid And people just take scriptures out of context and use them for whatever they want. That has nothing to do with injustice or inequality. Nothing whatsoever. None. Then they started using Luke 18. (laughs) Luke 18. The parable of the persistent widow. See, this is activism. This this is why we got to have activism. We got to stand up and have activism. Look at Luke 18. Just look at Luke 18. Let's read Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. So stop right there. Top of the verse, top of the chapter, he tells why Jesus told the parable and what the purpose, the purpose of the parable was. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Persistence in prayer, vigilance in prayer. I'm going to tell you a story that will illustrate why you should be persistent in prayer. Not activism, prayer. And then he tells the story of this widow who kept coming to the... uh, uh, the unjust judge said, give me justice for my adversary while he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man yet, because the widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice that she'll not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord says, hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not give me justice to his elect who cried him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? on the earth. Why did Jesus tell them the parable about the woman that kept coming, kept coming? What was Jesus' own point that the Bible tells us? To be persistent in prayer. Had nothing to do with activism, by the way. Nothing to do with activism. And by the way, if you want to just go and look at Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter is a very interesting group 
because you've got all kinds of black people. The videos are coming out now. They're not going to be able to hide from it anymore. They're not going to be able to hide from it. There's all kinds of videos. You look them up online for yourself. There's all kinds of videos of black business owners in the inner city that had their businesses trashed beyond repair by Black Lives Matter protesters. And they're screaming them at the in the streets at them. You said you're out here promoting Black Lives Matter. I'm black. She's black. We own this business. I started by working here. Now I'm a part owner in this business. I'm black. She's black. What about our lives? That's what they're saying. What about our lives? So you can tell it's either just a completely def- like just a basically a terrorist organization, or it's so poorly run. And just so poorly put together that they don't even know what they're doing. And I'll say this, because if they truly, truly, if they truly mean what they say, because I love black people, I always have. I minister to black people all year long and love them, have many, many black friends. I love black lives. But if they really cared about them, why do you never hear anything? And see, you can't talk like this, but I mean, it's my broadcast, so I can talk how I want. But you can't talk like this in public because people like start to condemn you. Oh, well, you're going to point out other things instead of focusing on the injustice. Let me tell you the injustice. Why is there no Black Lives Matter uproar? Why is nobody rioting about all of the murders that take place in Camden and Newark and the south side of Chicago and the south central LA and Philadelphia? Why is it that no Black Lives Matter groups gather and riot over those murders that are far more often and far more prevalent in our nation than anything else. But you never hear a peep, not a peep from BLM. You don't ever, it's because they, it's not about that. It's not truly about black lives, is it? If you really get down to the nitty gritty about the group, it's not truly about black lives, is it? It's about an opportunity to do something and make a political statement. That's truly what it is. If you really, if you really want to be honest about it, why? Why is BLM, you know what kills black people more than anything else in droves? Abortion. How come BLM is not lined up around abortion clinics? Stopping the senseless murder of black babies before they even have a chance to live. You want to talk about one of the greatest inequalities that you could see, that you could even ever experience? is stealing the lives of young black children, boy or girl, before they even have a chance to live those lives. That's abortion. That's the senseless and prevalent murder of young black men, young black women, before they ever get a chance to live their lives. But you don't see BLM lined up around the block at abortion clinics because they don't give a crap about black lives. They don't care enough to, to do the same types of things in South side of Chicago in Camden, in Newark, in Philly, in South central LA. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. You know, I, I say this all the time on the broadcast, but you know, people, we need to really just fully change, change the laws. I mean, if you're gonna act, if you're gonna act like that, if you're gonna act like unborn babies don't count, don't matter, then no one should ever again, ever even get a slap on the wrist for 
when they crash into a pregnant mother, a drunk driver hits a pregnant mother, they should never even get a slap on the wrist for the other life. Which, of course, you know that I believe they should. It should be a double homicide when the, a mother and her pregnant baby, the, the baby she's pregnant with, pass away in the, in the car accident. Of course it should be. But if you're going to be that, if you're going to be that wicked, if you're honestly going to have that same logic and be that wicked, no one ever again for the rest of time in America should even get a slap on the wrist. It shouldn't even be mentioned in the courtroom if that's how you're going to live. Because it doesn't make sense and you can't have it both ways. You realize that, don't you? A pregnant mother could be driving on her way to the abortion clinic to kill the baby that's in her belly. And if she's hit by a drunk driver and he kills both of them, it's insane. It's insane. And people are completely out of their minds. If they are, people are so lied to and they're such sheep. You've got sheeple walking around, total sheeple that believe everything they're told, everything the media says, everything that gets put on the news, everything. They just eat it like it's their breakfast, lunch, and dinner and swallow it whole without even thinking twice about it. And so then what happens is that you have people that then get upset at you if you don't hold the same belief systems that they hold. And if you're not doing all the same things that they're doing, then they're ticked at you. Well, you must be racist then inherently. And apparently, you know, I'm not using my platform right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. For every person who would ever question how I use my platform, <laughs> there's more value in one soul being saved than in 10 years worth of protests and activism. That's a fact, Jack. And you can waste your time running the streets if you want to. Doing stuff that will ultimately bring no change. It'll bring no change. We've had protests for decades. There's been no change. We've had people angry about it for decades. There's been no change. You won't find the change you're looking for. Even if you are able to put in different laws, which is fine. I'm for that. I'm for it. It just gives us a better framework to punish these injustices. That's all it does. But as I said the other night, people don't stop doing things because they're against the law. I know you, I know you realize that. But you know, people don't stop doing drugs because drugs are against the law. People don't stop killing people because murder's against the law. People don't stop stealing because stealing's against the law. It still goes on. And it's not going to stop because you marched. And it's not going to stop because you got angry. And it's not going to stop because you held up a picket sign. It's not going to stop. The thing that stops it is that Christ makes a change in the hearts of men. That's what stops it. I, I, I had somebody say to me, and I understand the concern. I had somebody say to me, I know that that will change the hearts of men, but if I don't do this, then people will be killed before I even have the chance to minister life to them. People are being killed anyway. 
and you're not ministering life to them. So, I mean, like, I don't understand the, the difference. People are so willing to spend their times on the street doing this, but not willing to spend their time. I'm, I'm just telling you that people don't have, they can say whatever they want. They don't have the same urgency for souls that they have for their culture. They don't. And then they get mad at you because you don't post a blackout picture on your Instagram. <laughs> if you think, if you think for a moment that I'm going to post a black square on my Instagram feed, thinking to myself, this is going to really change something. This is going to show my outrage. <laughs> People are such sheep. That's going to show my outrage. Yeah, that black square showed your outrage. You just changed the world. Well, it starts there. It starts with that. It starts with that. It doesn't start with that. Give me a freaking break. Well, it starts with that. It starts with people who have a voice putting a black, oh, what? It doesn't start with that. Give me a break. It starts with actual people making an actual change. Has nothing to do with what you post on your social media. Has nothing to do with any sign you hold in the air because nothing will stop. Listen, if you can't stop things by actually passing laws to stop them, then what do you think is going to happen because a bunch of people post stuff on their social media. I mean, be honest. If we can't stop crimes by passing actual laws about those crimes, it's like I said the other night. Human trafficking and child pornography are two of the most dangerous and th- two of the most dangerous and hurtful things that we have happening in the world today. You know, here's another question, by the way. Where are all the BLM people protesting actual black people that are still in slavery in other countries today? Where, where, are, the, where are they on that? Why is it always something like this? Why are there no BLM protests for actual black people that are still in actual slavery in other countries today? It, like, it doesn't even even make logical sense to pick and choose the things. And then you look at the things they pick and choose and you can clearly see what it's all about. And if you say all lives matter, you're a racist. You're a racist. (laughs) I'm just telling you, people need to wake up. They need to wake up. Christians in particular need to wake up to what's really going on. If you don't think that there is an agenda at work, wake up, wake up. Did I not prophesy? I'm going to put it on maybe tomorrow night, maybe tomorrow in the morning. I prophesied at the beginning of coronavirus. If you were watching this broadcast at nine o'clock when I did the spirit of faith sessions, please tell me you were watching. If you were put a hand in the comments, if you know, At the beginning of the Spirit of Faith sessions, I prophesied by the Spirit of God that just as quick as coronavirus blew into this nation, that it would blow out of this nation and no one would even talk about it. If you remember that, I prophesied it multiple times. I said, just 
as quickly as coronavirus blew in, it would blow out and people wouldn't even talk about it. And now you look what's happening. Where did it go? Where did Corona go? Where did Corona go, everybody? How come we can put people packed onto a field, laying down, chanting, I can't breathe, and they're all this far apart on the field? How is it we can have riots in the streets, everybody's around each other, crowds and crowds and crowds of people around each other, and there's no new coronavirus cases? There's no new diagnoses of coronavirus amongst any of these people. I can't breathe, I can't breathe, riots on the street, but no new COVID cases. What? At what point do people recognize, oh, maybe I was lied to for three months. Maybe I was lied to like a freaking sheeple for three months. Oh no, it's serious. Now it's serious. Got to get that mask on. And then they get on television and tell you, actually, the masks don't really do that much. They don't really do anything to help you. See, Mickey Liss on, on Facebook is, is part of the problem. When you realize that people don't even think logically about what's going on in the world. They just think, I got to say what everybody else is saying or uh, has nothing to do with that. Has absolutely, putting man of God in quotations, spew the stuff you're saying. Actually sit down and listen to logic and the word of God and understand people don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what we're doing. And the thing that I prophesied by the word of God actually has come to pass that quickly. That quickly it's come to pass. I told you as quickly, please, please. People are so foolish. Yeah, sure it will, Mickey. Enjoy being a sheep for the rest of your life and believing whatever mainstream media tells you absolute fool absolute fool where's everybody do you know do you realize that the new york the nypd i mean go search it for yourself the nypd are crying out for the the national guard to come in and they are saying on national news we could handle these problems we could handle these problems except for the fact we're being told from all of our higher ups to stand down in every situation So if you don't think, (laughs) if you don't think there's an agenda, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. Why is nobody freaking out and saying, hey, don't, don't organize protests. Why are no cops? Let me ask you a question. Why are no cops separating people at the, at protests? Everybody stay six feet apart. Everybody stay six, everybody stay six feet apart. Don't forget in the midst of all this uh, in the midst of all this protesting, we still got coronavirus to think about. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. And I told you, just as quick as it came, it would go, and nobody would even talk about it. And nobody's talking about it. And we're out here on the streets. Everybody's packed into little spaces, protesting, getting angry about stuff. And and we're not even talking about COVID anymore. At some point, people. Yeah, I have a hard time uh, believing that people that can't even spell are working in, as nurses and doctors. Complete, exactly. States are completely suspending testing. Do you know what they said about? Do you know what they said about the uh, the vaccines? They said we could. The problem is we're running out of sick people to actually vaccinate. 
to get a cure. We're actually running out. Nations that had it are completely free, reporting no new cases. Tons of states, no new cases. They, they don't even have enough people that it's actually that's actually happening to, to actually continue on. And I told you that just as quickly as it swept in, it would sweep out. And it has. It absolutely has. And it's not a racist thing. It has nothing to do uh has nothing to do with, you know, if, if somebody says, if somebody has a problem with somebody saying that all lives matter, can you imagine the outcry there would be if anyone else, I mean, imagine if there was a white lives matter movement, the outcry would be astronomical, astronomical. If people don't even recognize They want a race war. They want problems in the streets. They want anything they can get. They they want anything, any problems they can get, they want. (laughs) It's it's absolutely ridiculous for people to believe what they believe. Absolutely ridiculous. And people think, people can think whatever they want. It, It just, you'll recognize you know what you'll recognize? You'll recognize after the election when things go back to completely normal and nobody uh, nobody's doing anything anymore and everything comes back down to normal. Everybody will start going, hmm, I wonder. And it'll take until then that people will wonder. People will sit around and say, I'm telling you, we're at the worst time in history we've ever been. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. There's been stuff going on for decades. What do you think's going to happen? Well, you shut the churches down for three months. You lock the nation down. You put 10 million people out of work. People can't pay their bills. People are down to their last jar of peanut butter. And then you start having things like this happen. What? You don't think that that's a planned thing? Please. People are so foolish. Foolish. Well, the reason that we're not saying your life matters is because your life's not in danger right now. (laughs) I can't imagine how foolish people are. And people writing me like I have a problem because I'm not using my platform properly. You can stand against the foolishness of looters. It, It always makes me laugh too. How everybody that's upset about the things that I've posted, they write me and the first thing they say is, well, I I don't agree with looting and rioting either, but, well, that's what I was mocking, genius. That's exactly what I was mocking, is the stupid looters and rioters that don't give a crap about George Floyd or his family. They don't care. They don't care. And you can say whatever you want. They don't care. That's not how you honor the, the, the memory of a man. Well, it's the system, man. It's the system that's got them all so pumped up. It's Please, please, don't be that dumb. Don't be that dumb. Don't be that much of a fool. We're going to change it. Let's organize everybody together. Everybody post a black square. Don't be that dumb. Blows my mind. You're like, you're, you really solved it. Great job. We all did that. You know, because the algorithm, it's going to go away in 24 hours. Nobody's going to even remember. 
If And I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking to Christians. I'm appalled at the level of foolishness in the body of Christ. What about injustice? I agree. Injustice is wrong. Stand against it. Don't allow it. I said it the other night. Instead of everybody freaking filming everything that goes on on their phone, why don't you put your phone in your pocket and actually do something about it, you coward? Every stupid person that films injustice instead of stopping it is a coward. Every person, every single person that was at that George Floyd event where that happened, that incident, that filmed it, that filmed it is a coward and not a hero. We've got to get this on video. People need to see what's going on. If you cared about a man, you'd have done something, wouldn't you? Well, I, I was unsure whether I could or whether I should. We've got a lot of people that like to film it and post it. Got a lot of video of it. Nobody stopped it. Nobody stopped it. Well, I was unsure what my There's a man's life there on the ground. Man calling out for his breath. Man calling out for his life. Man calling out for his mom. Nobody stopped it. Everyone filmed it. Think about that for a minute before you get all freaked out and start posting black squares and standing in the streets with signs up. Think about the fact that when people, it wasn't, let me, let me just give you, let me give you a little heads up. It wasn't done in uh, an interrogation room in a police station. It wasn't done in the back of a police car. It wasn't done in an alley where nobody was. It was done in the midst of a crowd of people and everyone stood by and watched it. Everyone did, including the fellow officers, including the public, including everyone else that was there. They just stood there and they watched it. So I don't really care. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really care. I don't really care what people think about me because I think that those actions are ineffective because it, 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 in my opinion, it it has, it does nothing. You're willing to go out on the street and stand after the fact, but everybody that was there that would have easily joined a rally once it was said and done, nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. Nobody did a thing. That's proof to you. That should show you right there how people's nature, what people's nature is like. They'd rather go stand on a street and picket and, and riot and loot, and they'd rather sit up and sell signs and, and put together, uh, you know, protests and whatever. But then you got people that are standing there filming it. If they really, 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 really cared about a man's life, they would have done something. They didn't do anything. Well, we didn't know he was going to die. Oh, yeah, so someone has to die on, on the film of your camera for you to actually stand up and do something? See, this is, what, this is what I don't get. The people that, in my opinion, the people that filmed it should have gotten charged. I, I think. You sit there and film a murder and don't step in and do anything about it, you should be charged as an accessory to murder, in my opinion. What a cowardly generation we live in. I'll call, I call it out. 
I call it out. Every one of those people is a freaking coward that filmed it instead of stepping in. Stupid. Well, they were too appalled. They were in shock. Snap out of it. You're not, not too in shock to film the whole incident, are you? Oh, we're, quick, we're quick to go back on the streets and march around and take hammers and destroy stuff. And Black Lives Matter destroying black businesses of people that have had to spend their whole life working hard to build their business from nothing to something and become successful in America only be, to be destroyed by Black Lives Matter activists. Freaking fools. Absolute fools. Absolute fools. And I really don't care. This platform is here to preach you the truth. And the truth is racism won't end because it's a sin and it comes from the hearts of men. And unless we change the hearts of men with the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring them into the kingdom, you'll never change the fruit if you don't change the root. It won't change. And you and, and I'm not saying that I'm against activism or protesting. You've got a right to do it. Go do it. Stand against the injustice. But please, just as hard as you're willing to do that, take that same vigor and that same strength and do the same with the gospel. Do the same with the gospel. Because if not, I don't want to hear from you ever again about using your platform to do something properly. Because I don't know about you, but you all that are watching me here and all those that are that are a part of any, if you want to, if you want to come against my platform, let me tell you something. You don't know anybody else that's gone to the cities of America. These people are standing around on the streets with a sign up in the air. You've not gone into the inner cities of America and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to crowds of people that needed a change from the Holy Ghost and sat there and had trucks of food come in because you bought truckloads of food, 18 wheelers coming in and feeding thousands of people. You've not done it and other people's have not, people haven't done it and they're sitting around. You want to attack this platform, but this platform has done it. Given my life, my family's life, all my time, all my energy, and all my resources to helping people because I actually care about what matters, and that is the soul of a human being that will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. So pick it if you want to pick it and, and riot. People are doing this stuff, and you got Christians out there saying, Yeah, brother, yeah, burn that stuff down. You know, do if that's if that's who you are, I got not, I got nothing to say to you. But peaceably assemble if you want, protest if you want. I'm all for it. I'm all for helping people that are in injustice. Help them. Help them if you can help them. But just as hard as you're willing to politically uh, protest and stand in the streets, go after it with the gospel too, so that after you've made a point about your culture, the person doesn't still die of natural causes and go to hell. Because that's what people don't get. You can sit there and have proper justice for everybody and everybody's treated properly, but you then never touch them with the gospel and they die old of natural causes and still go to hell. Waste of your entire life. Waste of your entire life. Let me ask you a question, those of you that are on here. And if anybody ever questions you, then you, you, you ask them the same question because I'd love to know the answer to it. I would love to know the answer to this. See, wait, you're pre, you sounds to me like you're intolerant. I'm not intolerant. I love people. I want to see people changed. I want to see injustice stopped. I want to see inequality stopped. 
but I also am smart enough and know the Bible enough to understand it's never going to go away while there's a sinful world still in operation. That's how sin works. And it's from the heart. Sin is from the heart. It comes from a fallen man, a fallen world. And salvation is the only answer. It's the only answer. So let me ask you a question. Because I've asked this to several people today and I want to ask you. Use the question yourself. Because let me just tell you something. Our first responsibility as believers is not to protest. And our first responsibility as believers is not to stand for the culture. That's not our that's not our first responsibility as believers. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Let me ask you this. Because when Jesus was alive in the world, actually walking the earth, he was living in a Roman occupied Jerusalem. A Roman occupied Jerusalem. You understand? And it was it was not just racist, it was abusive, it was violent, it was murderous. So you've got the Romans crucifying, brutally murdering Jewish people. You understand? You've got Jesus living in a time where the Romans had come in, overthrown and taken control of Jerusalem and were brutally murdering Jews via crucifixion, making all of the Jews now pay taxes back to Caesar. And there were people on both sides that wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government, drive them out, and to set up another Jewish kingdom again, including his disciples. Show me in the scripture, show me in the gospels, where Jesus, who is our role model to the T, he had opportunity, he had influence, he had ability. Where did Jesus and when did Jesus unite and activate activists for the purpose of social justice? Show me where he did it. Show me where Jesus took action and got people together to drive political change. What did he say? Let me ask you a question. What did he say when they brought him uh, uh, the question, should we pay taxes to Caesar or should we not? We're Jews. Should we have to pay taxes to Caesar? What did he say? Show me a coin. They took the coin. He said, whose image is on that coin? They said Caesar's. He said, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. I'm worried about pastors and preachers that are out here and what they're trying to preach is, well, if Jesus was on the earth today, he'd be out there with a picket sign. He would be out there protesting. No, he wouldn't. He would not. He didn't do it then and he had a perfect opportunity to do it. And he didn't do it then, and he wouldn't do it now. He could have done it. He could have done it. Do you realize that? He could have done it. It, it wasn't his call. It wasn't his purpose. That's not what he was sent to do. 
Well, why didn't the apostles do it? Couldn't the apostles have done it? Maybe they said, well, we'll just wait until we'll just wait until Jesus leaves the earth and then we'll step up. We'll step up and do it. When did the apostles ever do it? When did the apostles go into uh, activism and trying to change the political uh, climate of their time? They didn't. It's not what they did. When did the followers of Christ try to change the political? The only time, I want you to catch this. The only time that the apostles and the Christians stood up to the government is when the government told them that they could not do what Christ had called them to do. That's the only time that the apostles stood up to try to change. And they didn't even, it's not that they were uh, political activists. They just kept on doing what the Lord told them to do and asked the question in Acts chapter five, I believe verse 29, uh, we, we will always obey God rather than men. We're not going to obey you over God. We're going to obey God over you. But they also didn't rally a bunch of people together and say, we're going to make a change. We're going to get some people in office that we really know. They didn't try to change the political system. They didn't try to change the political culture or climate. They just kept doing what Jesus told them to do. Jesus did the same. Just kept doing what his father told him to do. He didn't try to change the culture. He didn't try to change the political system. He didn't try to overthrow Caesar. He didn't even speak out against the injustices uh, 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 that, that, that that were happening, taking place. Didn't even do that. Didn't even do that. And so all these guys that are getting on their social media, what I want to know is where Jesus would be today if he were on the earth. I have a feeling he'd be out there on the streets too protesting this. No, he wouldn't. He'd be preaching, teaching, healing the sick, casting out devils. That's what he'd be doing. It's what he always did. It's what he would continue to do. It's his call to destroy the works of the devil. So that's what he'd be doing. It's what the apostles continued to do. They preached, they taught, they healed the sick, they cast out devils. It's what they did. They won the lost. Did you ever notice this? They didn't even bother doing the natural things until people were saved. The care, the care. Did you know the care for widows and orphans? They didn't even bother doing those things until the people were Christians and in the kingdom. (laughs) I mean, it blows my mind. People don't know the Bible, and then they start to try to change the Bible for their own purposes. They try to take it. Well, I found some scriptures that back up Black Lives Matter. No, you didn't. You didn't find any because there are none. doesn't work that way. You can't change the Bible to mean what you think it means and try to use it for your own propaganda and racist agenda. doesn't work that way. Nice try. Try again. It doesn't work that way. And I'm appalled. People would tell me, if you'd use your platform in a more uh, responsible way, you'd be speaking up for the judge. Understand, I'm not called for that. That's not what the gospel does. I agree that we shouldn't have injustice. I agree that we shouldn't have inequality. I agree with those things. And I, I agree, I'm not against activism. I want you to understand that. I'm not saying any of these things because I'm against activism. I'm not against it. I'm so thankful 
that we have the ability to peacefully protest, peacefully assemble, do the things that we're that we're, we we have the constitutional right to do. I agree. I'm thankful for that. Do it. We should do it. But what I'm telling you is, if you're a Christian and you give all that time to that, and you don't give time on the streets, actually doing the work of the Lord, because it's not just preachers that are called to do the works of Christ. Every Christian is called in the Great Commission to win souls. Every Christian, you've got no excuse to not be adding to the kingdom, to be plundering hell and populating heaven. You have no excuse. Every Christian is called to do it. So when I see people get all wrapped up in cultural movements, when I see people get all wrapped up in, 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 all, in, in, in all this inactivism and all that, and they're more into that than they are into actually bringing the souls of men into the kingdom. And I'm on a mission. So people can go, you need to hurt with those that hurt. I am hurt with those that hurt. It's the reason I'm talking about it. You need to cry with those who cry. I have cried. I have been hurt with those that hurt. I'm still hurting with those that hurt. You need to stop and listen. People are dumb. You don't have to be black to be angry about injustice. In the kingdom, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Bible says that. There is neither Jew nor Greek. We're not separated in the kingdom of God. We've been brought together in the kingdom of God. We've been unified in the kingdom of God. I don't have black brothers and white brothers. This is my Hispanic brother. This is my, I, I don't have to say that stupid crap. This is my black brother. We, we're like brothers from another mother. <laughs> don't be stupid. It's just your brother in Christ. It's just your sister in Christ. doesn't have to be your black brother and your Hispanic brother. What are you trying to win an award for the most diverse brother in Christ? I mean, it's like, what are you doing? Well, you need to be silent because you'll never know. People have lost their minds. I actually had a guy tell me, you, you, you could never understand. You could never understand. If, if, if that's the case, let me be very candid with you. If I can never understand the in, in, injustice or whatever else, he told me this, you've never walked a mile in a black man's shoes, so you can never speak to it. That, now that was told to me this week. That was said to me on social media this week. You've never walked a mile in a black man's shoes so you can never speak to it. You you should just stay silent and listen. If that is really true, then there should never, ever be any black people from this generation that ever even once mentioned slavery ever because no black person from this generation has ever walked a mile in a slave's shoes. You should never speak about it. You should just be silent. That's all you should ever do. But that's, of course, a foolish mentality. Nobody's, nobody with a brain thinks that way. You should never speak out about this because you, it's not you. It's like, are you serious? Because if you really believe like that, there will be no change. There will be no change. If you believe that nobody has the capacity to understand you because your story is different from theirs, then there can be no change. There'll just be no unity. We'll live the rest of our lives with white people 
just being completely separated from black people and black people completely separated from Latinos, Latinos completely separated from the Asian community. None of us will ever be able to come together because we don't understand each other. We never will. We never can. It's foolishness. That's just a dumb narrative that continues to divide us. It doesn't bring any unity among the brethren. And I said it the other night, I didn't have to see the color of George Floyd's skin to be angry and hurt about his murder. If I heard about it on the radio and didn't even know what color he was, I would be just as hurt and just as appalled at the murder, the senseless murder of a man, a helpless man that was calling out for breath. I don't need to know he was black. I don't need to know that he was black. It wouldn't have mattered if he was white. Wouldn't have mattered if he was Chinese. It doesn't matter his color. And to tell me or to tell somebody else, well, you can never understand it because you're not black. That's stupid. It is racist and it keeps us in a place of distance and division and brings no unity back to the body. And I'm not talking to sinners because they'll continue to be what they are. I'm talking to Christians that need to shape up and understand where they're coming from. And they under they need to also understand the responsible way to react according to the scripture, not by your emotions. So many people in the body are reacting from emotion. From emotion. That's all it is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be emotional about what's happened or what's gone on in the world. Of course, it's going to affect your emotions. I was sad. I cried at the injustice of what went on. It affected my emotions, but I'm not going to get out there and then begin to react from emotion. That's the mistake. You you can let it hit your emotions. Of course, you're going to be emotional about it, but you don't react from your emotions. You react from what the word of God says from what the word of God says. And yes, we care for people. Of course, we want to prevent injustice. Of course, we want to prevent uh, inequality. Yes, we want everyone to be blessed. Yes, we want everybody to be provided for. Yes, we want everybody to be healed. Yes, we want everybody to be protected. No question. And yes, we're moving towards that goal. But let me tell you something. If you think that the, it's not about wanting that, it's about how you're going to go about it. How are you going to go about it? Let me ask you a question. What do you think is a natural way to remove hate from the hearts of men? Well, I think if we just understood each other better, I, and people say this stupid crap. I think if we just understood each other's stories better, then we would have a better understanding for each other's cultures and a better appreciation. It's not going to change anybody. I don't care if I understood your entire family tree and everything that you ever had happened to you for the rest of your history and now for the rest of your life. It doesn't, if you don't have Jesus, you won't change. So it doesn't matter. It literally, I could understand everything about you. You could tell me everything. Everything. And it wouldn't matter. Because it's not from that that hate springs. You realize that, don't you? Hate does not originate in misunderstanding. (laughs) Hate doesn't originate in a lack of understanding. That's not where hate originates. Hate 
originates in an unredeemed, unregenerated soul and a spirit man that's not connected to God. How do we not know this as Christians? How do we not know it? I mean, seriously, how do we not know it? Hate does not originate. Well, I just don't, if I could listen, if I could just listen, it's one of the dumbest things anybody could have said. Don't talk, brother, just listen. What am I listening for? I already feel the proper way. I already understand. I didn't need someone to explain it to me. What do you think, I'm a moron? Do you think I needed to have somebody sit and explain to me why George Floyd's death was wrong? What do you think, I'm an animal? Let me just tell you why that wasn't right, brother. Like, what do you think, I'm an animal? Think I'm a moron? That I need somebody to sit down? Don't speak, brother, you're white. Just listen. Keep saying stupid stuff. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Not with that method. Because hate doesn't originate from that. Hate doesn't come from that. Hate originates in the heart, the spirit of an unregenerated man or woman. All the explanation in the world, all the friendships in the world, all of that, sinners will continue to sin. They'll continue to sin because that, my friends, is what sinners do. So the only answer, that's why I played it and put it online today. I know I'm not the best singer in the world. I don't have the greatest voice. It wasn't even the best quality, but the song was in my spirit. From Andre, Andre Crouch, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Of course, he's the answer. Above him, there's no other. There's no other. We can't continue to, to say, stu- and I'm so appalled by how many, I'm so appalled by how many spiritual leaders are caught up in the foolishness and they feel forced into it. I got to do it because I, I know a lot of black people. I know a lot of black people, but I'm not doing it because it doesn't change anything. And it's just forced. What if I don't, if, if, if the, if the uh, cultural mafia, if I don't do what everybody wants me to do, then the cultural mafia is going to, is going to cancel me. What's the cultural, the culture mafia is going to come in and say, I'm a bad person. I'm still waiting for the culture mafia to come check my Instagram feed. Where's your black square? You're not going to find it. Not going to find it on my Instagram because it's worthless. If I have to post a black square for you to know that I love black people, I've not loved loud enough. Stupid, stupid thing, man. Stupid, stupid thing. If I have to black out my Instagram for you to know that I love black people, then I've not loved black people loud enough. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. And you're not going to see me posting it. Didn't post it yesterday. Not going to be posting it. And if anybody has a question as to why I'm not posting it, I'll direct them to this broadcast because it's stupid and it does nothing to change. But you have to understand you have a platform. People need to know you hate racism. If you don't hate racism, you're a freaking animal. So don't come over here with your little cultural mafia face and try to make me feel bad because I didn't post a black square on my Instagram that does absolutely nothing and changes nothing. And it doesn't even say anything doesn't even say anything. People are unbelievably foolish. 
you have a platform. You need to speak out. You need to say racism is wrong. If people have to say racism is wrong, I mean, like, dumb. If you don't, if you, I just, I'm so my, I'm, I'm, my mind is like completely blown by people. You need to speak out and say hatred and inequality is wrong. Where's the other side of the art? Who, let me ask you a question. A protest usually has two sides. So who's standing on the other side? Like who, where are the people that are holding picket signs that says black people must die? Black people's lives don't matter. Who's protesting on the other side that says we want racism? We want racism. We want, who's doing that? Who in America is picketing for racism? Who's picketing for inequality? Who's standing out and protesting for injustice? It's the only protest I've ever seen that only has one side. Nobody's doing that. Well, you need to use your platform, brother, because your platform, there's a lot of people watching you and you need to let people know it's not right. Everyone knows it's not right. They all know it's not right. Nobody watched that video and said, man, that was right on time. That was right on time. Nobody did that because people aren't stupid. And it's just a dumb culture mafia that tries to put, it's the same. Let me just tell you something. It's the same as the LGBTQ mafia. It's the same spirit. If you don't know it, if you can't spot it, let me help you tonight. It's the same spirit that people get pushed around by, by the LGBTQ mafia. If you don't do things the way they want them done, if you don't say it the way they want to hear it, if they'll cancel your show, they'll cancel your life. We live in a cancel culture. Everybody's getting canceled for one thing or another. Same mafia. It's an antichrist mafia. Wants everybody to bend their knee to their little agenda. I'm not doing it. So if you did it, God bless you. If you're a preacher that felt the need that you had to do it, God bless you. But it ain't happening here. Because I know better. I'm not playing that foolish game. Not playing that stupid game with people. You can get mad if you want. You can stop watching the broadcast if you want. You can report me to Twitter like somebody did the other day. I don't care. I think about the things I post and I don't take them down. People are upset because I posted that poll. And I meant it. And I still that's why it's still not down off my page. I mean it. It is stupid. Looting and rioting, I don't care how angry you are, it's stupid. Doesn't help anything. I'll tell you what, we'll really turn this nation around. We'll really stop inequality. We'll really stop injustice. Let's burn some stores down. People don't even think. All the, let me just speak real quickly to all the people that were mad that, that Trump walked out of the White House, walked over to the church with the Bible and stood in front of it for the photo op and all got all up on their uh, social media posting about how horrible it was that he did that for a photo op. Where were the same people when the, when it was being burnt to the ground by Antifa? Where were the people then? Where were the where was that where was everybody's outrage when Antifa was burning a church to the ground? Nobody had anything to say. It should be done cuz a black People aren't smart. They don't think about how they're being played and they're being played by the Antichrist Mafia, the culture mafia. They're going to, 
And people sit there and, well, you know, I feel like I have to do it. You know, I know a lot of black people. I know a lot of black people, a lot, and I love them. Talking to my friend right now to come on the broadcast with me. and Because and, he preached tonight, he said a powerful word, drop bombs. He dropped bombs. Powerful. It's not like I'm sitting here saying this stuff and nobody agrees with me. Tons of people agree with what I'm saying because they've got a brain. They can actually think. They'll just swallow hook, line, and sinker. People are triggered because, you know why people are triggered? They've been trained to be triggered. If you don't know that, let me help you understand it. People have been trained to be triggered. That's why we have that outrage culture that we have now. People have been trained to be triggered. And I'm not going to be triggered by these guys. I'm not going to be triggered and I'm not going to be pushed around by the culture mafia. I'm not going to be pushed around by the LGBTQ mafia. It's not happening. Well, I don't, I, did you hear brother Ted didn't post a black square on his Instagram? Yeah. Get used to it, champ. Cause it's not happening. And it has nothing to do with whether I love black people or not. It posting a black square. You realize nobody knows who you truly are. Nobody knows who you truly are. You could be a racist and still post a black square to hide behind it. Means nothing. Love you, Melissa. Means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. So if you think I have to bow my knee, and if you're mad at me for saying it, see, this is why we have a free country with free speech, and if it, you, you're free to log on or log off. That's the thing. You're free to like, you know, block my account from your Facebook and your YouTube and silence me on Twitter from your account so that you never see anything I ever say again. If you're really angry about the way I'm saying things, that's your freedom to turn me off and to block me. And that doesn't bother me. If people don't like me, they don't like me. But I'm not going to be pushed around by the cultural mob. Made to be made to feel like I'm some kind of a racist, not properly using my gospel platform because I'm not out there advocating and sit standing up with a sign, getting photo ops out on the street corner, taking pictures, and you know, holding up my sign. Black, you know, black on black violence, white on black violence, all the all the violence on black is wrong, wrong, wrong. If I have if I have to stand there and say that on my Instagram for you to know that I love people, my ministry is pretty much worthless. Might as well close up shop and go home. Pretty much worthless. Stupidity. And people eat it. They eat it up. They eat it up. It's as dumb as dumb can be. And I'm not doing it. So if it bothers you that you're not going to see me blacking out my accounts, and if it bothers you that I actually tell the truth about the way people truly change, then that's fine. There's millions of other people online to listen to. Millions. And you're not going to hurt my feelings if you never come back again. I'll understand completely that you made your free will choice to cut old Ted off. So he was a little bit out there for me. Just a little bit too out there for me. And that's your business. And I'm not going to fault you for it. But don't come over here on my page and my stuff Say, well, I, I really felt I had to say something. Say it on your own page. Because I don't care, be honest with you. I don't care. I care about people. But I don't care about the cultural mob. Not a bit. Not a bit. That's right. So, I just want to get on and tell people because...
people probably wondering, like, what in the world's he posting about? The reason I'm posting those things is because you got genius Christians out there uh, taking scripture out of context to push racist propaganda. It's racist propaganda. Well, of course, all lives are important, but your your color, the, the color of your life is not in trouble right now. They're all in trouble, my friend, because Jesus is coming soon and hell didn't get any less hot. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. They're all in trouble. If they don't have Jesus, I don't care if they live till they're 98 years old and die of old age, they're in trouble. White people are in trouble. Black people are in trouble. Asians are in trouble. Latinos are in trouble. Everybody's in trouble if they don't have Jesus. So don't get up with your little racist propaganda because you're more worried. And I'm not, trust me when I tell you, I am not belittling inequality. I'm not making light of injustice. It's horrid. We should stand against it. We should work and push forward against it. But until people understand, and again, this is not a message to sinners. It's a message to Christians. Because people have thumbed their nose at God for so long in America, Canada, and Europe that churches have shrunken to the average size of 60 people per congregation. 60 people per congregation, which shows you that people, including preachers, don't give a crap about soul winning. They just don't care. But they're ready to jump on every bandwagon that makes them look good on social media. I guarantee you, 70-some percent of people that posted crap on social media, they don't care for about race relations and they don't care about any of that, but they felt like they wanted to look good to the culture mob. And so I'm not posting for them. You're not, gonna, you're not going to force me into your little cultural mafia and make me feel like I'm a racist because I didn't post a black square. I'm, I love black people. I love all people. And it has nothing to do with any of that. Find somebody else that's given their entire life to do what I'm doing and what other ministers are doing. To see all people changed. Jesus is coming. You realize that. He's coming. And if people think that they're going to change others because they had, you know, we had a really productive conversation. Good. Guess what? They're still a sinner. And they're still going to sin and they're still going to have hate proceeding from their heart because you had a nice little conversation, but they're still going to hell. Great conversation. Yeah, we really understand each other better now because I was able to. They're going to hell if you don't change their soul by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I think really the reason people have hate for each other's culture, we just don't understand where we're coming from. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the state of a man's spirit. If you're unregenerated, you've got a problem and you're in danger. Doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're Asian, doesn't matter if you're Jewish, doesn't matter if you're Middle Eastern. You've got an issue. You've got a problem. You're in danger 
because eternity is moving closer and closer to us every day. That's why the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. And as my grandfather used to say, he that doesn't win souls is otherwise. We need to wake up in the body of Christ. Wake up and understand what's going on around us. We're being played. We're being played. And you got people. You got people online, like that nut job that logged on earlier. I'm a nurse. Just like the Lord spoke to us through prophecy on the broadcast, just as quickly as COVID blew in, it would blow out. It's blown out. No one's talking about it. You got people laying down all on fields, two inches apart saying, I can't breathe. You got people riding in the streets and there's no new COVID cases. States are no new COVID cases in states. They're shutting down testing. It's not even happening. Just as quickly as it swept in, it swept out. Just like the Lord said. You're getting played, for, my friends. And, and let me tell you something. If people don't wake up and see what's going on, it's trouble. It's trouble. Everybody's going to put their thinking cap on when January hits. After November's over, everybody's going to put their thinking cap on. I wonder what that was all about. Man, that year was really tumultuous. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Really was. And I love people. I want you to understand that. I love people. That's why I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. It and only it. Nothing else can change a man but the gospel. Nothing. Nothing. You could grow up in a home with two parents or one parent. If you're not saved, you'll be the same. You'll be the same. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God. Don't be pushed around by a cultural mob. Be pushed around by the spirit of this world. Don't be pushed around by the agenda of antichrist people. I'm just telling you right now. Go watch the videos for yourself. It's propaganda. And if you really want to change people, if you truly want to see change, it comes from salvation. It comes from salvation. Just fulfill your purpose as a believer and watch what God will do. I love what our bishop said tonight. He said, I can't change New York. I can't change California. I can't change Philadelphia. I may not even be able to change Miami or Fort Lauderdale, but I can change my city by doing what God's called me to do here and by standing up here, preaching the gospel here, winning souls here. I can change where I am. Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. It starts with where you are now. And if you love people, then you'll bring them into the kingdom of God. You will bring them into the kingdom of God. You'll work to see it happen. I wish we could have the same kind of fervor and urgency that we see people in activism that they have that they're working with. I wish Christians would catch that same urgency and that same vehemence to go after the things God's called us to go after. We'd turn the world upside down. We would turn it upside down. That's right. Jesus changes everything. 
I'm going to pray for you. I, I, I'm not going to keep you all night. I just, I wanted you to hear from me because if you're wondering what in the world, you know, why, why is he talking like he's talking? Why is he posting like he's posting? Because it's time to wake up. It's time for us as believers to wake up and know what's going on and know how to react as a Christian. Know how to react. React from the word of God. React from your spirit man, not your emotions, not your soul, your spirit man, the word of God. You'll never be wrong. If you react by the leading of the Holy Ghost, you'll never be wrong. He'll guide you into all truth. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to stand here and say, I don't have to get online every day and post you know, selfies with friends and say how much I love black. I, lo- I love people. You should know by now that I love people, and I do. And so should you. But it's the power of the gospel that changes men and women. I want you to bow your head. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now for every person that's watching this broadcast in Jesus' name, those that the enemy has tried to trick them into believing there will be no hope, there can be no hope, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would put in our spirits a fire of the Holy Ghost. I pray in Jesus' name that you would put a urgency, an urgency into our spirit to see souls saved. I pray you'd put a compassion for people in our hearts. Heal this nation, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heal this nation and use us as your hands and feet to bring that healing in Jesus' name. Don't let us be ashamed of what the word of God says. Don't let us be ashamed of the gospel. And give us the priorities and the mind of Christ, the priorities of Christ to carry out the plans of God on this earth before it's too late. Use us, Lord God. Use us for your glory. Use us as your servants. Speak to us. Let us do what you've asked us to do. Don't let us falter. Don't let us be intimidated by the spirit of this world, the antichrist agenda that's at work in Jesus' name. Put a fire in our bellies like we've never had in Jesus' name. Put a fervor in our hearts like we've never had in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to use each and every one of us, every person watching, every person listening on the podcast. Use us. Use us in these final moments of time to see our generation changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name, we thank you for it. We give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you're believing for that same exact thing, put it in the comments. Just put, use me, use me, use me, use me. If you want God to use you, which I do want him to use me, put it in the comments. Use me, use me, Lord, use me, Lord. And he will, he will. I'm believing that the final months of 2020 will be victory months. That God will use you in such a mighty way to change the hearts, the souls, the lives of men. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. And he will use you. You're anointed. You're anointed by the power of God. Don't be pushed around. Don't be intimidated. Let God use you for his glory. We've had so many wonderful people that have become partners. They're standing with this ministry. We're changing a generation by the power of God. 
And I want to give you the opportunity, those that are watching, to become a partner with this ministry. Because I'm telling you right now, time is short. Time is truly running out. And it's time for us, those of us that can do something, we should do something. And I understand that many of you, you can't leave your house, you can't leave your job, can't leave your family behind and go do what we're doing. But one thing you can do is partner with us to send the message of the gospel out into our generation. Because see that we go together. We go together. When you sow, you go. You understand? When you sow, you go. And even though you can't leave your job or your school or your family behind to go out and do what Carol and I are doing, when you sow into this ministry and partner with us, you become a part of what God is doing around the world. And that's what I'm talking about is that we are the victory tribe. We're the family of God. God's using us all together. He's using us all together. And so I want, and I understand, Tim, if people don't have, I understand if people aren't able to do it. But for those that are able, it makes a difference. Thank you, Ruth. Love you. And so as you can see, you can follow Ruth's example in the comments uh, and use hashtag donate. If you're on Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, if not, you can use in the United States, Cash App, Venmo. You can use PayPal. But wherever you are in the world, you can use MiracleWord.com to sow a seed or to partner with us. When you go there and click on Give or Partner, you can even set up a monthly seed that you'd like to sow. Many people are standing with us at $85 a month, some at $100, some $200, $500, $700, some at $1,000. Do what the Lord tells you to do because it is important Never, ever think that what you may step out and do is insignificant. It's not insignificant. What you do for the kingdom is important. It means something. So, Lysanda, if you want to sow from South Africa, you can simply go to miracleword.com and you can sow by debit or credit card. I would say for credit card from South Africa. And you can use the website to do that. Adrian and Chandra, thank you so much for standing with us and sowing a seed. I really appreciate it. Thank you for partnering with Carolyn and with me as we're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hungry, can I encourage you with a thought? Hungry generation. Everywhere I've been, people are hungry. Doesn't matter the age. Don't let anybody tell you, well, you know, nobody's really hungry in this generation anymore. Nobody really cares about God. That's not true. Everywhere I've been, doesn't matter where in the world it is, no matter what age group I'm ministering to, when they see the power of the Holy Ghost, they are all hungry. I've had services, I've shared this on the broadcast, I've had services that when I gave the altar call, I'm talking about this is not in a children's church or a youth service, full revival, where every person that came to the altar was under 15 years old, some of them six, nine seven weeping tears. They're not too young to understand and the power of God touches them and they come and give their hearts to Jesus. Every age group, every nation of the world, people are hungry for the reality of the Holy Ghost. And when you sow into this ministry, that's what you're doing. You're touching a generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's important. It's very important. It's more important than a dinner with your spouse. It's more important than a, a cable bill or a cell phone bill. It's more important than that. 
Norman, thank you for standing with us and partnering with us. We love you, Norman. Luenda, thank you for, for partnering with us and sewing. We love you. All of those that partner, we appreciate you. We pray for you. We love you. We thank you for believing in what God wants to do in this last hour of time. Jesus is coming so soon, man. For those that are sewing largely, because some are, $1,000, $2,000 more, dollars $25,000. Lord's speaking to you to do it. We're also going to send you a gift. We have a genuine leather life application study Bible that we're going to send to you in the New Living Translation, one of the best study tools that we have now. And not only that, but a hardcover edition of Further Faster. The brand new book that was just released, we're sending you a limited edition hardcover with a dust jacket as our way of saying thank you to every person that sows a seed of $1,000 or more to help us take this gospel around the world. I've got some big testimonies coming to you. My friend and brother, Tony Jones, thank you for sowing a seed. I love you, and I appreciate you. For those of you that have never used hashtag donate before, as you use it, uh, a link will come up in the comments for you to click and complete the seed you'd like to sow. Here it is right here. This is the hardcover. As you can see, I don't know how well you can see it, but this is the hardcover with the dust jacket. Oh, looks the same on the inside. It does on the outside. Look at that. I'm so happy these are finally here. And uh, I've always wanted to be able to release a hardcover. This is a limited edition that we're sending out to all of our friends and partners that are standing with us. $1,000 a month or more. We love you. This month, I should say. We appreciate you. means a lot. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.